Hi friend, it's 2020. And let's be real, if you're anything like me, your life probably feels busy, crazy, and sometimes overwhelming. But even in the midst of the day-to-day, and no matter what life stage you're currently in, do you find yourself constantly longing for something deeper, something real? Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. And truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in a relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed to years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ, and it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly, especially if, you're not sure what path you're on. So for those who are skeptical, curious, or just need some encouragement in the midst of living, well, this podcast is for you. Come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and I'm glad you're listening today. I am recording this podcast on March 11th, 2020. And to be honest, friend, um, this was not the podcast that I was going to post today. I have interviewed some amazing people for our theme this month, which is living with confidence. And I'm excited to share those interviews with you. But today, in preparation for what I was going to share, I just felt a nudge to talk about fear. Um, And not fear of what people think necessarily, or um, fear of not being enough which are all things that on a day-to-day basis I sometimes struggle with. And to be honest, that was really the bent of this month's um, podcast. But I've just been thinking a lot about fear in the sense of, oh my gosh, we're all going to (laughs) die. And I say that somewhat facetiously, but that kind of right now feels like the culture we live in. Um, people are rushing to Costco and other stores, stocking up on toilet paper and water. I live not too far from Seattle and, um, the schools are now closed for two weeks there, maybe longer. Um, things are being canceled here where I live. I'm 38 years old and I've never seen anything quite like this. Um, people are scared. And to be honest, um, you know, I have a father who's 75 years old. He has uh, diabetes. You know, I'm scared for him. I have four beautiful children um, who I love with all my heart, and I wonder about their futures. I have an exchange daughter right now from Italy who I love too, and, you know, Italy is quarantined right now. It's disrupting life, right? Uh, This fear, uh, this overwhelming anxiety of what might happen. And um, I can understand why people are running around trying to control what they can, why people are stocking up on waters and toilet paper. The toilet paper, I don't really understand, but I, I do understand like that, that fear of the unknown and how can I control what I can Um, I also understand um, that desire to protect our families. In fact, I may keep my kids home 
uh, the next couple of days just in the immediate unknown going, okay, do I really want to expose them to germs if they think this is that bad? Um, I get on social media and I see people posting article after article, some like the New Yorker yesterday saying, you know, it's really not that bad to others saying the World Health Organization just declared coronavirus a pandemic. So we better prepare. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. I don't know. I guess what I wanted to share today is what's been helping me the last few days because I tend to be a natural worrier, a person who thinks about the future, who dreams about the future, who wants to control her future. Um, and I've been praying a lot about um, remembering, remembering how to respond in a situation like this, remembering who I am, remembering where my my grounding lies. And I wanted to share because I feel like it could be an encouragement to somebody listening. And maybe you're listening and you're thinking, I'm not worried about it. I wish we were talking about uh, insecurity, about, uh, you know, confidence or feeling like you're not enough. And we will get back to those conversations later this month. But right now, I just really felt it heavy on my heart to talk about this. And sometimes when I have something heavy on my heart to share, um, I just want to be obedient and share it. We live in a fearful world. Uh, we have things that we have no control over. Um, last year, and I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but um, last year, my youth pastor, um, he passed away suddenly in a car accident. And it came out of nowhere, you know, nowhere. He was, I believe, in his mid-50s, too young, you know. Um, and there's some things that we just can't make sense out of. And it's human nature to want to. And I have read every article, maybe not every article, but I have read a lot of articles about um, coronavirus and about being prepared and about why things are happening. My husband is a school administrator. Um, I feel like I've, I have some knowledge that I've caught on to because of the world and the things that are being reported in the media. And I just want to say that where I'm finding my encouragement and where I, I just want to encourage you, whether you're a believer or a skeptic, um, is my encouragement is that this world is not all there is. It's just not. And <laughs> I know if you're not a believer, that may sound crazy. Um, but over and over and over throughout scripture, throughout the Bible, Jesus, God, um, the prophets, over and over, we're reminding people not to worry. In fact, there's a story in um, one of the Gospels, I'm sure it's in more than one, but it's a story in the Gospels, and it's of the disciples being out on the water, and a storm comes, and it's rocking the boat, right? And the disciples are scared to death. They're going to die, and Jesus is asleep. <laughs> He's sleeping through the storm, and they wake him up, and he calms the waters, right? And he says, what were you worried about? And it's kind of ridiculous, right? Because of course they'd be worried. They were going to drown. And Jesus over and over again tells people, do not worry. And so I wanted to share some scripture and then share some reflections on that today. One of the verses I 
thinking about is John 14, 27. And Jesus shared this right before um, he was crucified. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In Joshua 1, 9, which is in the Old Testament, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Psalm 94, 19, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Paul wrote, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Psalm 27, 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 1 Peter 5, 6-7, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Psalm 118, 6, The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? 2 Timothy 1, 7, For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Psalm 115.11, you who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. Psalm 56.3-4, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? And 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. So I've been thinking meditating, um, just absorbing what scripture says about not being afraid. It's helping. And this coming weekend, I'm hosting a retreat at my home. Every six months or so, a few girlfriends and I, we host a retreat here. Um, This time we're set to have a record amount of women uh, between 15 to 20. The theme for the retreat, which we chose over six months ago, is Be Thou My Vision. Um, It's the title of an old hymn, and there is a great version of this song that I actually have on my Spotify list, and the Spotify list is for the retreat, and if you want to look it up, if you're on Spotify, you are more than welcome to it. I think that's how Spotify lists work. It's called Vision of You Retreat 2020. That's the name of my Spotify list for the retreat. All of Um, These songs are a reminder to fix our eyes on Jesus. Um, But the song, the version that I'm uh, talking about, it's called Be Thou My Vision, and in parentheses, Lord You Are, and it's by Shane and Shane. You guys listen to this song. It's so good. And the lyrics to that old song, Be Thou My Vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art, thou my best thought by day or by night waking or sleeping, thy presence, my light. And that all sounds kind of archaic, maybe. (laughs) It's old, so I'm going to interpret what it means to me. Be my vision. Help me to see you for who you really are. You are the best thought that I can have. Um, Whether I'm awake or sleeping, your presence is the thing that lights my path. 
The next verse, be thou my vision and thou my true word. I ever with thee and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great father and I thy true son. Thou in me dwelling and I with thee one. So my interpretation of that is be my wisdom. I want to be with you always and you with me. Um, You are my father and I am your child and you are with me. We're together. The third verse, riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou mine inheritance now and always. Thou and thou only, first in my heart. O King of glory, my treasure thou art. My translation, I don't need Instagram glory or money or a bunch of people liking me. Um, You are, you are the thing I'm after now and forever. You and you only, will you be first in my heart? You, King of glory, are my treasure. And then the final verse, O King of glory, my victory won. Rule and reign in me till thine will be done. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. So when I read that, this is what I hear. O King of glory, you are the victory. Rule and reign in my heart, now and always. Your will be done. May your heart be my heart, whatever happens, still be my vision, O ruler of all. My own uh, perception of that song, it's a beautiful classic song. If you're not familiar with it, like I said, that version by Shane and Shane, um, it's just really an encouragement to me lately and listening to it. Um, Jesus said to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added. He talked about not being afraid. He said uh, that he takes care of the birds and he'll take care of us. But if you're anything like me, uh, life gets hard and you start to worry. And I'm encouraged because in scripture, there's a lot of amazing stories. And one of the stories that has encouraged me in times of doubt or fear um, is the story of John the Baptist. John the Baptist um, was cousins with Jesus. He was a prophet. He was preparing the way for the Messiah. He was. Uh, he gave his whole life to ministry, eating, if I remember right, bugs and honey <laughs> in the desert. He was kind of a hippie, um, out with a bunch of disciples of his own, talking about the Messiah coming, uh, preparing the way. And side note, by the way, if you want to um, just be encouraged or see some Bible stories just come to life, I've been watching The Chosen. Um, It's called The Chosen. Um, You could Google The Chosen Jesus, um, and it will pop up. It has its own app on VidAngel. You guys, this this series, it's an episodic um, version of the biblical stories. And I know that sounds lame sometimes. If you're anything like me, maybe you've seen Jesus films um, throughout, you know, growing up, or you've seen cartoons, or you've seen The Passion of the Christ and thought, it can't get better than that. I don't know. But um, this is not cheesy. It's not um, something that you've seen before. This series is just so powerful because it's like watching these stories come to life. Even if you're familiar with the Gospels, um, it's going to get you excited about um, the love that Jesus has for people. But anyway, they have not um, filmed an episode around this story that I'm about to tell you, but 
Um, if you just want to see some of this come to life, um, I highly recommend looking up The Chosen, either YouTube. Um, I think the first episode is free on there or um, find their app. Anyway, it's amazing. But um, getting back to the story I was sharing, there's a story in scripture of John the Baptist who has spent his life in ministry and doing um, the job of an evangelist, right? He's um, preparing the way for Jesus. He's been telling people about him. He baptized him. Um, he has given everything. And what happens to him? He gets thrown into prison. He gets thrown into prison for doing the right thing, for being an awesome <laughs> like person. And he, I never got this when I was a kid, but when he's in prison, um, it's recorded in Matthew chapter 11, and I'll just read it from scripture. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? You know what I love about that part of the story is John doubted. He questioned, he wondered, are you really who you say you are? Um, even after he baptized him, even after he knew who he was, he still doubted because he was in prison, because life was not going the way that he expected, because Jesus could, right? He could heal. He could do all those things. And so this is the response that's recorded in the gospel of Matthew. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is a man who does not fall away on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. I tell you the truth. This is verse 11. Among those born of women, there is not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. It's hard to read that story and think, oh man, here John is languishing in prison. Jesus doesn't rescue him. He doesn't rescue him at that time. John goes on to be beheaded, wrongfully so, you know, and it doesn't feel right. And I think something to encourage believers is we have to have an eternal perspective in this life. We just have to. Because here Jesus is in one sentence, you know, go back and tell John these things are happening, but he doesn't rescue John. And then he's talking so highly of John. He's talking about what an amazing prophet he is, which was a very high compliment, a very high thing to say for John that probably wasn't too comforting. John ends up dying as a young man. You know, I don't know how old he was, but he wasn't that old. Um, most people believe that Jesus died when he was around 33 years old. John was um, in the womb at the same time. So here he is, you know, in his early 30s dying after he did nothing but the right thing. I think the thing that encourages me the most about the story of John the Baptist and Jesus's response is that Jesus sees the big picture. He knew. He knew that John's reward was in heaven. He knew that his treasure was with him. It wasn't in his circumstances. 
It wasn't in those prison walls. Um, He knew that death was not going to be the end of John the Baptist. And so he encourages us in the same way that death as we see it here on earth is not the end. It's not the end. In fact, (laughs) as Christians, we believe it's the beginning, right? Jesus said, we will have trouble, but to take heart because he has overcome the world, that there is eternal life to come. This is not the end. And so as a believer, as somebody who might be seeking, as somebody who maybe is just questioning your faith right now, I just want you to know there is more to this life than what you can see. There is more and it matters. I was talking to my hairdresser today. We were having a conversation a little bit about this, about coronavirus and about fear and about what really matters. And it's kind of like... um, in episode seven, I think, where I was talking to Hillary from Mama Bear Apologetics, and she was saying, you know, <laughs> Christianity gives meaning to when scary things happen, because this isn't all there is. Um, I was talking to my parents recently, and my mom was paraphrasing her pastor, who basically said, you know, this is where the rubber meets the road. If you believe this, this is it, because throughout history, The Christian church has flourished in times of fear and adversity. Why? Because when things are going wrong, when the world feels like all hell has broken loose or we might all die or man, what's happening? We have to be confronted with our own mortality, with the fact that life is not certain, that we we can't buy all the toilet paper and the water bottles to save our lives. One of us could go get hit by a car and it could be over like that, right? Instantly. When I was, um, I think I was 23 years old, um, a girl that I knew in college that I was never really that good of friends with. Anyway, we were in the same dorm in college. And to be honest, I was just kind of um, jealous of her. I compared myself to her. I had a friend who was totally in love with her. Um, and she was super sweet, but I never took the time to get to know her. Um, she got married around the same time as me. She died suddenly crossing the street, um, on a busy winter morning. Um, and it was so sudden. And I remember going to her funeral. Um, the church was packed and people one by one getting up and talking about, um, the way she lived, talking about this young woman Um, her name was Spark. They called her Sparkles, I think, was her camp moniker. They just said, you know, she was amazing uh, because of how she lived her life, constantly loving God and loving people. You know, it's, it's sad because out of fear, I missed out. I missed out on a beautiful person who, um, was an encouragement to those around her and who was just living her life the best that she could being a light and a love to those around her. And friend, at the end of the day, virus or no virus, pandemic or no pandemic, whatever it is, uh, our lives are short. We don't have that much time here on earth. So what are we going to do with it? And like that verse that I shared that said, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. 
whatever you're doing in response to this, I just want to encourage you to um, be reminded that, that God does not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-control. You, as a believer, have power, love, and self-control, no matter what. No matter what that has been given to you by the Spirit of God. If you have to be quarantined for you know a few weeks, or whether you're in your home right now, or you're uncertain if you have to go to work and you don't want to, um, if you're not worried at all, I just want to encourage you in that, that God has given us a spirit of love and power and self-control. And if we look to him, if our vision is on him and who he is, I, I can't wait to be reunited with him. You know what I mean? To be united with him and to see him face to face. I don't know. The more I think of that, the more I think of how he promised to be with us every day, um, that sustains me. That sustains me to know who he is. And so just some practical things real quick here as I'm wrapping this up. Pray. Pray and ask God for wisdom. Pray and ask him for eyes to see those around you. Pray and ask him how to love in times of uncertainty. Because right now people know, people know the uncertainty. And in some ways, that's a gift. A reminder that life is short here on earth. I was talking, like I said, to my hairdresser earlier today, and we were talking about that, about how in third world countries, people have a lot more faith. Why? Why is it that a lot of countries that are um, secular are um, doing so well economically or doing so well, um, you know, in materialism or things or wealth? It's because people think there's some control, perhaps, over their lives when people who have nothing know better. So I just want to encourage you um, to pray, to ask God for eyes to see those around you. How can you love those around you? How can you perhaps even open your home in times of uncertainty um, and just for wisdom and how to respond, not out of fear, but out of love, because love is greater than fear. And we have an eternal home to look forward to. And Jesus, may he be your vision today. May he be mine in the uncertainty. And may we encourage one another as we've been called to do. So blessings, friend. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. If you love this series, please hit subscribe and come back next week when we talk with another guest about their story towards finding something real and having clarity through detours and distractions. Per usual, you can follow along on Instagram at Janelle underscore M underscore Wood or using the hashtag finding something real. And of course, you can also sign up for the free clarity resources that go along with this current series by heading over to my website at JanelleWood.com. Remember, friend, you are loved and have a purpose. Until next time.